So we are starting a new three-part sermon series um, that is called The Dash. And um, it's not the seasoning that there is out there, or it's not the diet. There's actually a, a Dash diet out there. There is a poem that's called The Dash, and that sort of speaks to the content of what this sermon series is, is going to pick up. But what we're referring to as the dash is that little space between the date you were born and the date that you left this earth. That little dash. It's, it's the summation of your life. It's, it's the impact that you've made. It's what you have left behind for the rest of the world to experience by how you have lived your life. And there is kind of, on purpose, sort of a bit of dual meaning here because also a dash is a very quick, short race. Well, our life can be a quick, short race, and it certainly within the scheme of time is. I mean, our, our time on this earth is just but a breath as it looks at the total time in earth. Jimmy Buffett has a song in which he claims we have maybe 60 good years. It is a dash, our time in life. And look, I want to just step aside for just a second. And for those of you that didn't know, I used to be a commercial lender. I was a banker. And um, I'm going to put on my banker hat along with my pastor hat. You know, daily or at least weekly, I am confronted with my mortality, um, with folks that in our church or outside of our churches that I know. And um, I just want to encourage you, don't die without a will. Um, if you have a family, it is a hot mess for the rest of your family. And so please, please get your house in order. And we have a workshop that's coming up in November that will help you kind of make sure that you've got your house in order. So, um, because I have been on the banker side of things when people have died without wills, uh, especially with families, and it's a mess. I mean, it goes through probate court, it gets holed up there forever. And so if you take the time, and you can even do it online, so, but I just want to just take that little time out as a, my banker's heart comes through every now and then, collides with my pastor's heart, and just wanted to just tell you, and there's an opportunity for you to go and learn about that. You'll see the, in our bulletin, uh, we've got this workshop called Getting Your House in Order. Okay, so um, we have the dash, right? Our life, the space between when we're born and when we die, and it's the sum total of how we live. And it's easy for us to get caught up in the day-to-day -day of working and taking care of our children, which is an, a very important task. And as a parent, it's sort of the main thing. But at the end of the day, really what we're about is living our life for God. As a follower of Jesus, we have chosen to be a follower of Him. And so... How we live our life is really the main thing. And, and we can model for our children what it means to be a faithful Christian. What we are doing with our lives 
and with that time between our birth and our death, what we're doing with that dash, it matters. It's easy for us to get confused about what's important, get confused about what is the main thing. So today is movie day. We're going to show you a clip from a movie. Uh, It's from Braveheart. And uh, Mel Gibson is William Wallace. And the Scottish have just defeated England. And, and these Scottish nobles are sort of forced to knight William Wallace. They're not really happy about it, but um, they, they get around it. And then, well, we'll see what happens with our clip. Let's take a look. I knight thee, Sir William Wallace. Sir William, in the name of God, we declare and appoint thee guardian and high protector of Scotland, and thy captains as aide de camp. Stand and be recognized. Does anyone know his politics? No, but his weight with the commoners could unbalance everything. Sir William, inasmuch as you and your captains hail from a region long known to support the Balliol clan, May we invite you to continue your support and uphold our rightful claim. Jam the Balliol clan! Gentlemen! Now is the time to declare a king. Oh, oh, wait! Then you're prepared to recognize our legitimate succession. Andrew. You're the ones who won't support the rightful claim. Those were lies when you first wrote them. Oh, no, that's true. I demand recognition of these documents. These documents are lies. sort of forgot why they were there. They forgot what the purpose was. I mean, William Wallace, he made his dash count. He was around from about 1270 to about 1305. He was about 35 when he died. And he chose to, fought, to fight for a free Scotland and for the Scottish people. He chose to put them as his priority. He wasn't motivated really over his own gain as those other noblemen were. He was motivated by trying to create a free Scotland. So what we do with our dash, it matters. I mean, I I hope that my dash means something. I hope it's not just an empty punctuation mark. And I'd like to suggest that if we focus on three things, we can make our dash matter. The first is who and how you serve. The second is who and how you give. And the third is how and who you love. But, but I argue that if we get these parts right about serving, giving, and loving, we can make our dash matter.
We, we can make that time between birth and death be something that matters. Serve, give, and love. So let's see what Jesus has to say about serving. We're going to look at the Gospel of Mark. We're kind of jump around between two sections. There's a, a middle part that uh, is interesting, but it'd just be, it'd be too long. This is Mark 10, 35 through 37. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to him, and him is Jesus, and said to him, Teacher, we want, to do, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What is it you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit one at your right and one at your left in your glory. So Jesus called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles... Those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be a slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the word of God for the people of God. So we see in this text that that James and John have some ambition. They they have some plans. they're, They're thinking, okay, well, if Jesus is the Messiah, if we buddy up to him, we, we can get some power. We can get something out of this. I mean, previously in, the, in this book, in, the, in Mark, just like a chapter before, Jesus very clearly declares that he has come to die. And, and the disciples have really not yet figured out who Jesus is for real and sort of how he's going about his mission. And so James and John say, ooh, maybe we can get a little something for ourselves in this. And Jesus kind of rebukes them in a verse that we didn't read, but says basically that you don't get it. And then we read in this, the second text that we read that Jesus is saying, you clearly don't get it. I have come to serve, not to be served. Son of man. So let's talk just a second about that title. And Jesus has lots of titles, right? Prince of Peace, Lord of Hosts, God, um, King of Kings, Son of God, Son of Man. And for some of the gospel writers, they, the titles actually have different meanings. But in, in Mark, son of God, son of man, they're the same. It all means Jesus. In, in Matthew, he, he doesn't really use much son of God. He uses son of man a lot because it's believed that Matthew just couldn't bring himself to say God because there was this Jewish custom that the name of God wasn't really to be written down. So Matthew a lot of times says son of man, and it means something a little bit different uh, for Matthew than it does for Mark. But Mark, in our case, son of man simply means, means this man, Jesus, who is the son of God, son of man, Jesus. 
So James and uh, John ask this thing, a little squabble breaks out among the other ten. And then Jesus calls them all together and says, look, the world says those in authority have power to make people do things. And they are great. But in my world, in my world, what I value is service. I have come here to serve, and if you are a follower of me, you will serve others. So Jesus is saying that the Son of God, remember back to our basic training, that God himself has come to earth to serve. Not to be served, but to serve. What an astounding claim that is. That the God of the universe has come to earth as one of us to serve us. Surely this is what love looks like. So we have a dash to fill. Jesus makes it clear that we are to serve others. So what does that look like? It means caring for and helping others. It means like being a part of family promise. Helping to care for people who are, who are without a home right now. It means reaching out in love and concern for others. It means thinking of others before yourself. Like James and John did. I mean, that's what it means. But let me point out to you that, that to serve others... It doesn't have to be painful. It can actually be fun to serve others. It can actually be quite delightful to serve others. It doesn't have to be a horrible experience. Oh, I'm going to go help somebody. No. It can be an awesome experience. So when I was growing up, my best friend's father was the director of Big Brothers and Sisters in Houston. And so somewhere along the way, I got it in my head, when I was old enough, I was going to be a big brother. And so went off to college, got married, came back. Second thing I did after I started my job, other than open a checking account, was go sign up for Big Brothers. And... Interestingly enough, a, a co-worker was tutoring a young man in algebra who had lost his big brother. His big brother had moved away. She goes, oh, well, he's looking for one. And so I got matched with him. He's now 45, lives in Boston, has four children, um, lived with me off and on for a little time after he was 18. And It was one of the most awesome things I've done in my life. And it was really interesting because people would come up to me when they found out I was a big brother. Oh, that's so nice that you're helping that young man out, which I appreciate the sentiment. But I had to look at him. I said, 
I'm having a blast. I mean, it was so much fun. And so when we go to serve others, it doesn't mean it has to be painful or distasteful. I mean, it can be something that really, really makes you feel good. It can even be something that you really enjoy. Serving others does not have to be drudgery or painful. Yeah, sometimes you might sweat. But serving others is what Jesus is calling us to do. We can sometimes find ourselves like James and John. For taking our eye off the ball of what it means to be a follower of Jesus and ask what's in it for me. How does this help me? We can find ourselves buying into the world's definition of what's right and what's good and who is powerful. We we can find ourselves distracted by Madison Avenue telling us what we need to buy. We can get distracted by our own cares and our worries in, in such a way that we fail to serve others kind of messes with our dash a little bit it's easy for us to get confused and off track so if you want to fill your dash with good with having made a difference in your life in your time on the world If you want your dash to represent a life that is well lived, it starts with serving others. It starts with being a follower of Jesus and being the servant that Jesus was for us. You want your dash to matter, it starts with serving others. Who you serve And how you serve, it matters. Serve your neighbor. Serve those around the world as best you can. And serve them with joy and grace and a smile on your face. And your dash will matter. Your dash will be full. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this day, for your grace, for all that you bring for us. And Father, we just ask that you would help us to be the servant that Jesus was. Help us to be mindful that for our dash to matter, we need to serve others. We need to reach out in love and concern to them so that they might experience your grace and love through us. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.